<laughs> now that's all, I can, that's all I can literally think about right now. Uh, it's okay. I'll, I'll take. Uh, don't worry. I'm going to take the intro today. Welcome I'm so to sorry. Bible and banter. If only you could hear the things that we say right before we go live. Thank God you can't. Thank. Uh, thank him. And that thank is not using the Lord's name in vain. I am literally thanking God right yeah. now that you uh, cannot hear those things. But you can hear the things that we say after we go live. And today yeah. you're going to hear a very special thing. And the very special thing is. Bitty! I don't know what's going on right now. Was this supposed to be funny? What is going on right now? What are you doing? What what is happening? <laughs> oh my goodness. I don't know what's going on. Eric, I would like to wish you a happy 50th episode of Bible and Banter. That was the 50th anniversary song. And I, I just thought it would be appropriate for today. See, this is this is what we should be singing. I just want to get to the the chorus. Then you to the chorus. We're not going to listen to the whole song. Whenever Eric does music on the show, it's not just a clip, it's the whole song. It's been good times, Luke. It's been good times. Mm. Celebration, Luke. What are we celebrating? 5-0, man. What's that? Like the gold is that the golden anniversary? Yes, that's what I played. I played the golden anniversary song. So, well, it's a terrible song. That was actually <laughs> that was painful. And the fact that you broke dance to it, or is it, is it broke dance or break dance? I don't know. But whatever you did, you looked broke, man. That was terrible, as Charles Barkley would say. Um, <laughs> those are the stiffest white man moves ever. Are you referring to me or Luke? I'm gonna assume me. Um Tom yeah, recommending wild things i i assume insinuating something about us um we have heard celebrate many times uh that's uh celebrate good times is like one of those classic songs that you have to play at any sort of celebration i think and we I, are celebrating I, think, I think that i think the golden anniversary song is a song that should be played at any so you know it should only be played at one specific event yeah. golden anniversary so so uh did you get me anything did you get me a gift I did. For our golden anniversary? I sure did. Uh, you did? Yeah. What'd you get me? You'll, I'll, you'll have to wait till the end of the show to find out. I got you something, too. Well, let's do that at the end of the show. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, we got gifts at the end of the show. And, I mean, Luke better be serious because I actually got him a gift. 
So boom. All right, man. So the exciting thing about today's show, right, is we are going to do like if you remember in high school, Luke was homeschooled and became valedictorian. So, oh, great valedictorian reference here. So Luke uh, was homeschooled and then went to regular school, went to like, you know, heathen school and got first in his class. So, Luke, I'm interested as we're going to do senior superlatives for our show. Um, did you get any senior superlatives when you were in, when you were in school? Like most likely to succeed or uh, most handsome? Um, I, I got one of them. I don't remember which one. <laughs> it was something. It was something very optimistic. You know, it was like smartest or most likely su to succeed or something like that. Uh -huh. So one, one of those. One of the ones that you want. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. I didn't get anything. I was very forgettable in a much smaller class. So um, you've got that going for you. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was clearly so important to me that I don't remember it at all. If I had won something, if I had been voted most whatever, I would have remembered. Pepperidge Farms remembers. I don't know. I don't know. There were a lot of superlatives because we had a big class. Mm -hmm. Like we must have had at least 30. I don't I don't know that you would have remembered. How, did you get more than one? Glenn yeah. said public school is not heathen school. Yeah, we got like, public school I'm just kidding. I, listen, chat, I'm Eric. kidding. I mean it as a joke. I do mean it. Um, I've said this time and again on the show. I love our Christian teachers. They should be there. They should be uh, teaching kids. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a, uh, oh, who was it? Was it a conversation I had with you, Luke, where, um, no, it's actually on the Babylon B podcast, which if you don't subscribe, you should. Um, the Babylon B podcast, they had some atheist dude on there and he was talking about like the biggest problem that you Christians have is that you're sending Mike, Christians into the lion's den. It was Michael Malice. And yes. I, know the, I know the exact quote. He said, why are you sending your children to the enemy every day? Yeah. Uh, which, hey, that is an atheist saying that, not a Christian. So that's good. So um, Mike Alex says, Luke Copeland, most likely to experience early onset dementia or memory loss. That's, <laughs> I agree. So, hey, if you are watching right now, I want to encourage you, hit like, smash that share button. But more importantly, I want you to comment with what you would ascribe to Luke and myself as our senior superlatives as we go over the ones that we've come up with for our show. So yeah. he and I both have three, and we're going to alternate. So, Luke, um, I'm going to allow you to go first. Luke, what is your first superlative? Yes, I'm going to go first, but uh, I will also encourage those in the chat, you're welcome to assign superlatives to one another. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, let's do that one too. Okay. My surprise of the season. Oh, should we make this announcement now or, or later? Uh, we can make it later. Okay. We make it later. Yeah. yeah. Surprise of the season. We're calling this season one. Yeah. Uh, surprise of the season, Mr. Chris Bate. Mm. And, and I'll tell you, while it was shocking that he agreed to come onto the show, do you know it was even more surprising, Eric? No, I do not, because we the did not go over you, the fact that you asked him. Why? I, I couldn't. I just. What you know, what Eric? I was thinking about this. One of the things that I appreciate about you, uh, Eric, most likely to have a comeback. Yes, Luke, least likely to have a comeback. Don't call it a comeback. That's <laughs> LL Cool J. 
Uh, Eric, with the comeback for Meredith's comeback, most likely to keep the. Oh wow, Meredith, that means a lot. That means a lot to me. Wow. Eric, I was, I was. <laughs> <laughs> Meredith is now winning. Most likely to derail the show. <laughs> Uh, she stole that one right right up from under you. Uh, no, I was thinking about this, Eric. So within our denomination, which is small, mm-hmm. um, your church is probably one of the larger ones. But compared to like the average American church, it, your, your church is not necessarily big. So you are a small church pastor in a small denomination, but you work and dream like a big church pastor. I just, I would never have even thought about asking someone like that to come onto the show and you did and he said yes so that was my surprise of the season chris state on our show and what a show it was it was great look you're very i don't know if that's kind uh i think maybe i just don't know my place in society (laughs) no Um, you, you don't uh you don't allow your circumstances to define your goals it's great Okay, well, I wish I could say some nice things about you, Luke, but uh, I can't. So I say all of them off air so that when we're on air, I don't. Um, <laughs> Eric most likely to name a version of the Bible after himself. <laughs> Luke most likely to buy sleeves of books to make his bookshelf look fuller. Glenn <laughs> is killing it. Thank you so much. Um, my first superlative, most likely to succeed. Most likely to succeed. Dr. Mark Wolfington, because he's already succeeded. He's a doctor. He is the chaplain at Aurora University. He is um, a long-term pastor in, uh, I forget the, I forget where, I know it's in Illinois somewhere. Um, LaGrange, LaGrange, Illinois. Um, I read his thesis. Uh, which is on in if if he's on I don't know if he's watching um, but maybe he could maybe he can drop his email and if you want a copy of his thesis maybe he'll send it to you um, but it's on small churches specifically Advent Christians in in um, uh, what do you call it uh, renewal church renewal so I I'm calling Mark Wolfington as most likely to succeed boom wow I'm, right. I'm building buckets today or, or, or uh, filling buckets today. Yes. My next one, super fan of the season. And before I announce this one, some honorable mentions. I need, to give, I need to give some Ooh. shout outs to our banter club members. Boom. They are the super fans. All six of them. We got six Bible banter Lonian rights. Ends. <laughs> Truly the super fans of the show. But there is one super fan that uh, I got to shout out right now. And that super fan is none other than the inexorable and inevitable and incorrigible. And I can't think of any other in or in words. It's Mike Alex. It's got to be Mike Alex. You can't be Mike Alex. He's not in the banter club, man. It, but it's got to be. I mean, he's not a. He's, listen, he's a freeloader. But he's freeloader of the season. It's got to be Mike Alex. Hear me out. Hear me out. He he's an OG. He's been here from the beginning. That's true. Uh, he is a, a, a at times a very constructive addition to discussion, and many more times he is a hilarious uh, means to derail the show in the best way possible. Furthermore, 
And this is what really sealed the deal. Eric, I think you you might be the one experiencing short-term memory loss. Do you remember he co-hosted the show for a month? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. He is the, he's the super fan. Who who else? Who else meets those qualifications? None. Nobody. Look what you did. Look what you did. This you are encouraging people to not be banter club members. You are encouraging winners who don't even participate. Oh, and I've I've offended one of the banter club there's, members now. <laughs> there's no free lunch here. There's no there's no free lunch. Moose. No. Moose, Moose you are fan of the season. You're Moose, super fan you, of the season. No, no, this yes. is my no. These are my superlatives, and I gave Moose the honorable mention. He's one of our Banter Club members, but Mike Alex is the fan. He's the fan of the season. He's the I, will, I, of the season. I did give instructions like three minutes ago to like this on Facebook and to share it, and only two people have liked it, Mike Alex and Palma. So I think Palma might get an honorable mention too. I mean, Palma's solid. She, I mean, and the thing about the thing that I really appreciate about Palma, like, can I say this? And I know she's one of one of yours, is that um, she's willing to engage on things that we disagree with, and and take the lumps with it too. Um, mm-hmm. I, so I really appreciate Palma. I just want to say that. Glenn, still, boom, Glenn is also liking it. So that's I still appreciate all of all of your friends just accusing you of being a grifter. <laughs> <laughs> wait what's a grifter so uh, someone who grifts for money just someone who's in it for the money oh is that what a grifter is i've heard that term before but i've never yeah. used it never known what it is let me make um, sure i'm using that correctly <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well no matter what saying that i'm in it for the money that's definitely an insult so um i assure you if i was in it for the money i'd probably be do, doing something different um, um okay uh a grift is Money made dishonestly, a swindle or a confidence game. Thanks. So I don't think I'm a grifter. Yeah, that's that's even more uh, <laughs> Meredith ripping on you. Um, this is probably a product of your of your public school referring to grifters as though someone who grifts. <laughs> so much for being valedictorian, you knucklehead. All right. So nicest commentator or commenter. Nicest commenter. All right. Not my galaxy. You want no, not even close. Do you want to take a stab at this one? And if you get it right, I will give you two gifts. Nicest commenter. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Robin Reynolds. <laughs> no, not even close. I mean, prettiest and um most loving and caring, and my favorite by far. <laughs> But uh, nicest, uh, I don't know about that. You should hear what she says when I get home. Um, and she's not watching today because she was off doing uh, she's doing something with the kids today. But um, she she always go if they're doing something in the middle of our live show, listens to it or watches it when we get home. So, pause for a moment before you give your answer, let the record show, despite all of Eric's grumbling about people not being on the banter club, we appreciate all of our listeners. Uh, and just because you don't pay us money doesn't mean that you're not a valuable part of our community. This is true. I just my uh, my first language is sarcasm, and I like giving people a hard time. Despite Charles Spurgeon saying that um, pastors shouldn't do that, I just I I don't know. Maybe I need, and I have thought about this. Like seriously, real talk. I have thought about maybe I should be less than that. You know, maybe I should do less, but. Uh, Maybe, maybe discussion for the future. Give us your nicest commenter. Okay. Oh, apparently my wife is watching. So um, <laughs> God bless you. Uh, so <clears throat> nicest commenter. Carolyn. Hmm. 
I don't like. Do you have anything to say about that? Like, there's no one nicer. I don't think. Dude, I think most savage commenter might be Mike Alex. Do you see this remark about homeschool field trips? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to teach your kids how to, um, you know, how to, you know, I don't know, whatever. Shop. So Robin says, thanks, Luke. Eric is a big jerk. That's probably the nicest thing she said to me recently. Okay. Oh, of of course, of course, you would make that remark about your wife's not watching the show, and she is. <laughs> I know. Well, she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna." Anyway, never mind. I'm not. You know, I was also. You know, I've been half asleep for part of the day. You know, but anyway. Yes. All right. You have the next one. I do. It's a comment of the season, and before I give my comment of the season, I need to give a quick shout out to Glenn Neal's comment just a few minutes ago about me being most likely to buy Sleeves books to make my book. <laughs> Isn't that cool. awesome? That might be comment of the season. He just that, won it. That is hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but no, comment of the season is going to none other than Dan McGee. Uh, for his comments in the episode in which we were discussing Christian music, uh, in which he remarked, he said, and I quote, if you play Michael W. Smith songs backwards, they will make you Episcopalian. <laughs> there, there is so much depth to that joke. Uh, I was, I actually, I reviewed the comments for uh -huh. our episodes to prepare for this. And that was, that was the one. <laughs> oh man. I love, I love good comedy, man. I love good comedy. So my next one is most likely to be a victim of cancel culture. So, Luke, what is cancel culture for those who are uninitiated? Cancel culture is when you think your wife's not listening, but she really is. Okay, uh, that's not cancel culture. No, no, no. Uh, cancel culture is when you say a thing and then later on someone finds out you said the thing and then they use it to uh, – remove you from your job or your position or they ruin your life because you said a thing one time. Mm -hmm. So Luke, who do you think is most likely to be a victim of cancel culture? I mean, I really thought it was going to be me, but I feel like you're going to surprise me with this answer. Okay. You ready? There was no question in my mind who this would be. Luke Copeland. Whether it's things you've said on the live show or in the Bible banter bonus episodes, which we're now calling the tailgate episodes. Um, but uh, yeah, whether on those tailgate episodes or these episodes, you have said some things that made me cringe, made me blush. So um, <laughs> yeah, things that call into question your fitness as a, as uh, as as a believer, uh, for sure, as a pastor, definitely. So. Uh, just wait till he starts telling you the same story for the third time, like our dad. That's my sister. Uh, I assume she's accusing you of something. Uh, I, I need you to turn your comments into a superlative. That's what we're doing today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She she doesn't follow instructions very well. She doesn't. <laughs> she, she dropped out of college. So, Luke, the moose. Luke, that's not a superlative. Luke the Luke the least American. 
now we're now we're just casting aspersions. See, Eric Eric made a superlative. Least least American, least likely to to have pride in country, right? Look at just, this. Look at this. This is how much I love America. You see this? This is George Washington dressed up, ready to go to war in the 21st century. America. Who thinks the lady doth protest too much? Um, Luke, what is our oh wait, was that the last superlative? That was my last superlative. Did you do your last superlative? Yeah, I guess that was the last one. Wow. I, I was also going to joke about who was most likely to be a heretic on our show, but I thought that would probably be too apparent. <laughs> not not referring to you or me, but other people. <laughs> I just thought that might be mean. I appreciate that you changed that one. Uh, before we move on with the show, uh, slightly on a slightly serious note, not too serious, but a little serious, slightly. because this is our 50th show. Eric and I were doing some reflecting this week, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we wanted to hear from you guys in the comment section, what were some of your favorites, uh, guests, episodes, subjects, moments from the show, mm -hmm. uh, and we encourage you to shout them out because that's going to help us to shape and mold the future of the show. We mm -hmm. do really listen to you guys. I know we like to hem and haw and make lots of funnies with you, but your input really is valuable to us, and so... If you want to have a say in what we do in the future, then let us know what we did these first 50 times around so that the next 50, we can make them that much better. Make Bible and banter great. -er. <laughs> We're not making it great again because it was never great. Now you're saying like, <laughs> no greater. I'm saying great. -er. Uh, I don't, I don't know how that translates. Keep Bible and banter. Great. Again. <laughs> er. <laughs> so talking about, uh, I mean, we weren't going to mention this, but dude, there have been some theological heavyweights weighing in on the election with divergent views that have caused a stir. Um, Yo, Pipes, I... Pipes has been chiming in um, with a decent article, although I don't think I draw the same conclusions as he does. Um, Moeller came out with a phenomenal article today that I really appreciated, which I probably more aligned with him on, on the, on the election. Uh, have you read these articles? I've not read the articles, but I've seen, uh, I've seen some of the little clips, um, you know, like from John MacArthur, he's pretty, he's probably the one I am most familiar with making mm -hmm. a really strong statement about, uh, the upcoming election. Yeah, I've been I've been surprised at I guess I guess maybe I shouldn't be. I mean, a lot of these pastors are the kind who've never been afraid of the the cultural uh warfare that our country's experiencing, but I just wasn't expecting I don't know. I guess I just I maybe it's the mistake of assuming that everyone's like me, where I try to do my best, at least in my position as pastor, to stay out of the fray, but maybe Maybe these guys are right that that we need to take a stronger stance. I, I don't know. I it just surprised me. It surprised me how how strong some of these statements were. I wasn't. Yeah, I, w I wasn't expecting it. Well, it does kind of remind me that like having a vocation in the public sphere like we do or like those two men do and, and other pastors, like if you say something you're going to make people angry. If you say nothing, you're going to make people angry. If you say A, you're going to make people angry. If you say B, you're going to make people angry. And whatever you choose in all of those categories, some people are going to champion you as a 
hero <laughs> or a um, they're going to champion you as, as standing for truth or whatever it is. They're going to call you brave while others are going to like completely anathematize you. And that's what we're seeing. Um, so it's really sad, but yeah, um, it's a lose, lose, lose. Or as Michael Scott would say, win, win, win. <laughs> <clears throat> so um, we've only gotten one favorite moment. Um, Glenn said his, uh, Luke, your brother-in-law was a great conversation. I want to hear the rest of the story. He also says the cartoonist, which was Paul Cox, was very interesting. And the psychologist who spoke about the pandemic was timely. Who is your favorite guest? Because, uh, you know, take um, take uh, what's his name out of it? The guy Chris. who, yeah, talk, take Chris out of it. Um, who is your favorite guest outside of uh, outside of him? Um, I'd say... Man, we've had we've had so many great conversations. I really enjoyed interviewing John Roller about church history. I also really enjoyed having Bickford on about Calvinism. That uh -huh. was that that was great. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, I, I would. But you know what? I think my favorite guest was probably what was the name of your friend, the psychologist, Marina. I think that episode with her was probably the best we've ever done, in my opinion. That might be our best episode. Yeah. I thought it was really informative. I think what you and I talked a little bit about this last week, what worked really well with her was that we had a very focused question, very focused, you know, specifically. We weren't asking for her her <clears throat> um, religious or theological views. We were asking specifically and then tried to integrate that with, um, you know, with scripture. And, and I thought that went really well. Yeah. I would say, I would say surprisingly, and I'm not saying surprisingly as in like, Oh, I can't believe they were a great guest. I just, I was surprised at how fun, how much fun we had. I really enjoyed having both your parents on it two different times. Hmm. Um, I respect both of them. And um, we kind of went into it thinking like, Oh, we're going to have different views on women in ministry as they do. Mm -hmm. But in tongue with your mom, we're actually fairly aligned. Um, and we had some conversations off air about that, which I'm not going to, I'm not going to share publicly, but um, it was just really interesting. And it helped mm -hmm. help me see things from a, a slightly different perspective. Although um, it, it was just, it was really encouraging. It was, yeah. it, and I think it was mutually beneficial. Well, you know, one thing I think you and I have both learned over the course of these first 50 episodes by and large, with maybe a couple exceptions, but by and large, we can trust each other when we recommend guests. Mm -hmm. um, uh, we, we've, we've, I think we've had a few episodes that went off the rails, but for the most part, the guests that as I know, the guests that you've brought on that, you know, some of them I had never even met, they mm -hmm. were great. So uh, it's interesting as people are giving answers. And I guess maybe this is a good thing because it mm -hmm. says that we're on the right track already. I'm hearing a bunch of very different answers. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Well, definitely people love, uh, so far we've had like three comments about the Calvin um, mm -hmm. series or episodes, which I really enjoyed as well. well Richard, Richard liked the the one with Jim Lee. If I'm uh, not mistaken, Eric, the, the episode on Calvinism with Bickford is the single most viewed, at least on Facebook, the single most viewed episode that we have. That's pretty insane. Because I would have thought it would be more boring um because i mean let's face it bickford's kind of boring um <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding I, uh, I, almost, I eric i almost had a superlative most likely to insult a stranger and i was going to put you and then i took it off of my superlatives 
Well, he's also not a stranger. I mean, no. he and I have been friends now for probably four or five years. No, he's not. And a he's one of my he's one of my ministry best friends. I, so, I, I know he's not a stranger. I'm just saying in, in the vein of what I was thinking, uh, you're, you're only confirming my worst prejudices about you. <laughs> um, and I do remember like, dude, so <laughs> have we shared this on air? But I, I forget. But I remember one of the first um, interactions you and I had. <laughs> um, do you remember what you said that? said about me like in one of our first interactions it might have been like right before we started the show or it could have been like that first time we met but it was like oh you have a reputation your reputation precedes you or something like that mm -hmm. and then like i got super self-conscious like wait i have a first off i was amazed that i had a reputation and secondly i was worried about what it might be <laughs> <laughs> uh west saying i think you need to invite a guest from a different theological yeah, you know what? I we did. I mean, we've had we've had a number of guests like that. Um, so and I appreciate that, Wes. But I mean, John Roller well, comes from well, a very different theological. Well, perspective. hold on though, hold on though. So we've had on John, who is very different theological leaning. We had on my brother-in-law, who obviously there's huge difference in his understanding yeah. of the law. But I, you know, we've not had on, for example, a Mormon or a Jehovah's Witness or a. And I don't, I don't know. This is something for Eric and I to talk about later. I don't know how much apologetics eric wants to do with the show i mean a lot of what we do is trying to have edifying discussions about relevant things in the ministry and life of the church i have a, a fondness of apologetics mm -hmm. um i don't know if that's a direction we want to take but uh the the suggestion has been received wes yeah i think i think he's talking about people who have like fundamentally different beliefs than we do well i would say i would say there are some some significant fundamental differences that we had with um with both john and your brother-in-law um, yeah yeah like, but, yeah. but we but we at least agree on you know christ who he is uh mm -hmm. the maybe you maybe you could say the nature of his work it w mm -hmm. was up for debate but not in the same way that it would be if we were sitting across from an atheist oh yeah for sure mm -hmm. um in in to be honest i'm usually a harsher critic of Christians than I am non-Christians. So like, I think the, I think the, the harsher voice for me comes out when I'm speaking to people who are within my own circle, because I feel like that's a family conversation. And I think that that's a, to me, that's helpful, you know, to be more pointed. And I don't mean, I mean, I don't mean harsh in, in too difficult way, but I'm going to be more critical. Yeah. Um, whereas for an atheist, like I'll be critical where I see points of you know, where there's lacking logic or whatever. But I mean, if a, an atheist tells me that, oh, you know, they're, they're talking about how great their life is and how they go to, you know, the strip club five nights a week and they're hammered all the time. And, you know, they're, they're off aborting babies and all this and that. And I'm going like, this is literally the worst person I've ever met. But mm -hmm. the scripture tells us, this is what you expect with the world. Like, mm -hmm. how can I be that harsh of a critic for someone who's outside of Christ? Like they're living the way that God tells us they're going to live. I feel, um, I feel like I feel like we need to come back to this. I we hadn't planned on talking about this today, but this is now the second time that that subject's come up, so we're going to come back to it because okay. I want now I want to talk about it. But Glenn, giving a shout out to none other than Troy McIntosh. That's my you boy know, Troy. We we may we may have to have some repeat guests. Uh, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with bringing people back. And I, actually, in some ways, Eric, um, I want to have some repeat guests because of the epiphany that you and I came to uh just 
what a week or two ago, I'm really excited for the future of the show because of the decision that we've made. Um, and I might as well just share it with our audience so they know where, where we're going. No, we got to keep them. We got to keep them hanging around. So put it towards <laughs> the end of the show. Oh, that's right. That's right. Uh, hang tight. You know, I think Eric, you wanted to talk about outreach and we can get to that. I'm okay with, if today, with today being a, a bit of a smorgasbord, but the second, for the second time now in this show, you brought up something that I would love to talk about for a little bit, which is what kind of um, message does the church have for the world other than the, the primary message and the message of utmost importance, which is the gospel? Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's certainly the case that there is a prophetic role for the church in calling sin what it is, yet on the other hand, and I don't know how much of this is my political leanings being a libertarian and how much of it is biblical. Um, on the other hand, I do find it puzzling sometimes when people five. <laughs> no, no, we, we got to wait till the end of the show. Glenn, Glenn, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we just we just signed a hundred million dollar deal with Spotify. <laughs> uh, the no, the. I, I do find it like perplexing sometimes when people, when, when Christians seem, I think, I think we should be repulsed by sin, right? Oh, Certainly yeah. our own, but, but sin period. I don't think we should ever just sort of shrug at, uh, at wickedness, but then at the same time, I think sometimes I am perplexed when I see Christians who are, what's the right word? They're, like astounded maybe by the way that the world lives. And I'm thinking, how do you expect people without Christ to live? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Which is part of why some of this, this political, this in political involvement of some of these high profile pastors is a bit perplexing to me. Not that Christian, not that the Bible has nothing to say about how you vote. It certainly, it certainly should, but yeah, I just, well, let me, let me ask you the question real directly, Eric. Do you think we have any, uh, other than repent and believe, does the church have anything to say to people of the world? Yeah. Like what? Jesus is Lord, man. Y yeah. <clears throat> like it's that simple. So, yeah. so I, um, I appreciate the post-millennialist outlook, although I'm not a post-millennialist myself. I'm Amu. But the post-millennialist post outlook is such that the gospel is proclaimed to the world and, and mass people, the entire world, comes to faith at some point, right? That is mm -hmm. a dumbed-down, very simplified understanding of post-millennialism. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate it. I was listening to Doug Wilson recently talk about this. I'm not, a, I'm not like a huge Doug Wilson fan, so don't talk to me about his views on slavery. Oh, and, oh no, don't, don't worry. I am a huge Doug Wilson fan. Yeah. So you want to come back to me. So I, uh, by the way, he is misunderstood on his, on, on his stand on stance on slavery, but yeah. nevertheless, um, the, um, so he was talking about post-millennialism and I was just so uplifted by it. Right. Which is the gospel, the gospel is what's proclaimed and is effective and everything else follows from that. Right. So right. like if I'm going to, there's a difference between, you know, me talking to a friend, right. And a friend's coming to, here's a perfect example, right. 
Um, I play, I play hockey with a bunch of disabled veterans. Um, I play hockey with these guys and, you know, conversations that, that we have, like some of them, I, there are, they're obviously outside of, um, Christ honoring. Let's put it that way. Right. So, uh, Eric, you, you have, you have lit a fuse to, uh, an explosive. I don't know if we can contain, you mentioned Doug Wilson in front of Nathaniel Bickford. Well, whatever he can just uh, chill, chill, Bickford, chill, man. <laughs> um, so, so a lot of these conversations that, that happen that are really truly and reflect a life outside of Christ, right? Some of them are fine, but, but, you know, some of them aren't. And, um, you know, I think of that and I sit there and I go, I'm not going to sit here and judge these guys. I mean, they're not, they're obviously not Christ followers. That's like, okay. But this gives me an opportunity to share Christ with them. Right. So like I'm, I'm engaging them at a level, but I'm not going to, um, they already stand condemned, not necessarily because of those things, but because of their lack of faith in Christ. Right. Mm -hmm. So my, my hope and my goal is to share Christ so that they'll no longer stand condemned. And then they will, they will see that these things stand outside the bounds of a Christ follower. So that their life will reflect that. So, so let me let me ask you about like a really specific hypothetical. Okay, Let's give me say, a very specific hypothetical. You I'm ready. You, you don't you don't have to confirm or deny whether this is at all in line with the reality. Let's say in some uh, non-existent universe that there's a there's a man on your team who uh, is very promiscuous, right? Okay. And he's and he's and he's not a believer, right? Okay. And you have the opportunity to to share the gospel with him. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, no, thank you. Not interested. Please don't talk to me about that anymore. Okay. Do you then have anything to say to him about his moral choices or since at least for now, he, he has rejected and he does not even interested in hearing about the gospel. Mm-hmm. It would any sort of discussion about morals with him have any value for you? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Because, I mean, what does he care about my morals if he doesn't care about my God? Exactly. Like my God is my God is the one who defines what morality is. Right. So he has no care for for him. Now, does that mean I just leave this guy alone? Well, here's my thing, right? Like I'm not every time I see someone, you know, be like, hey, can I tell you the good? You know, have you heard the good news? Mm -hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But um you know, I plant seeds here and there. Right. So I have kind of in mind where I'm at with many of these different guys and kind of, you know, I'm looking at and saying, how can I point them to Christ? Not because like, I, I want to see them know Jesus because knowing Jesus is the greatest gift in life. Mm -hmm. So how could I ever contain that? Right. But if you directly tell me you got to chill, I'm not going to be a jerk and be like, all right, man, now every time I see you, I'm still going to um, beat you over the head with Jesus. Now, mm-hmm. I might reframe things. I might go back to it, but it's not going to be every time, right? Like I'm trying to gain trust. I'm trying to gain respect and the ability to have these conversations. Hmm. I think sometimes, this is a comment from Glenn, I think sometimes someone's actions may be too hard to categorize under a specific sin, when it comes to people's viewpoints on that sin, sin should be or is black and white. But over time, some views of sin have grayed. Is that clear as mud? Yeah, look, I guess for me, it's just 
And I'm not saying that we shouldn't vote according to biblical principles. I think we absolutely should. I think that when uh, leaders in society abide by the the principles established by God in His Word, that 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 those societies fare better. You know, they mm -hmm. they're more prosperous, more successful. Uh, great. However, I just don't. I don't feel like I have any thing to say in terms of morality other than you know obvious things like murderers and sex offenders uh, you would say should be incarcerated i i would say should be executed you know there should be justice mm -hmm. for 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 horrible uh for horrible crimes like that but apart mm -hmm. from that i just don't i don't see what moral conversation i have i i'm interested in having with someone who doesn't know christ except to unless it's in in presenting the gospel with them to uh identify sin in their lives but like mm -hmm. the idea that well you don't believe in my god or my christ or or the scriptures or any god at all but i can help you have a healthier sex life like that just seems like such a a pedantic conversation to have yeah yeah uh, let me hey let, so and let's face it if there are promiscuous people that are around you um you probably know it because they talk about it so right. if they're talking about it they're trying to brag about it why are they trying to brag about it luke because they are trying to build themselves up why are they trying to build themselves up because they feel like they need to compensate for something why do they feel like they need to compensate for something because at one time in their lives there's they were either abused in some sort of way or or objectified or were torn down and i, and I mean abuse in, in the most general terms i don't mean sexual abuse i don't mean physical abuse um but it could be emotional abuse or it could be poor parenting it could be maybe their maybe their maybe mommy didn't show them enough attention yeah, um, or, and I mean, or, and I don't mean that condescendingly. I mean that like just ge yeah. genuinely. Or, or, or it could be self-inflicted abuse from something like pornography. Could, absolutely. So that is a symptom of a of someone who does not find their identity in Christ. Now, I might have opportunities to to you know, as guys are talking about that, and you know, I feel like the way certain conversations go, um, you can you have to have mental flexibility and acuity to be able to figure out how can I turn this conversation into a gospel conversation, right? So if someone's, if someone's telling me about all this different sex that they're having um, with all these different women or men, whatever that might be, mm -hmm. um, you know, oh, by the way, keeping, I'm making sure that we're keeping the, the show real kid friendly today. You can thank me for that later. Uh, is, I could have brought up any example of moral impropriety instead. <laughs> uh wait so is is the word sex not family friendly i mean that's kind of a i, I don't know i use it yeah okay i if i mention it in a sermon i usually refer to it as extracurricular activities <laughs> <laughs> and, and my face usually gets really red <laughs> like right now so um but it, i mean if, if that case is coming up right like and, and you know, I might be able to steer that conversation and be like, so like, is this what you really enjoy in life? Like, is this what you mm -hmm. kind of like, you're 40 years old? Mm -hmm. is, is this, you know, is this, is this fulfilling for you? Um, 
and some guys I think that I found at least in in my life and, and I've been around a lot of those kinds of people um mm-hmm. because of being in the military. I mean I, I'm I've spent and I said this maybe in our tailgate episode today, but mm-hmm. I'm usually most comfortable with non Christians because that's my as you said, my native tongue. But um you know, so so I might be around some of these guys and, and have some of these of these conversations but when it comes down to it when you ask the question like is this fulfilling in your life like are you are you finding wholeness in this mm-hmm. if they're honest with you the answer is almost always no mm-hmm. um so you gotta position yourself in a place where people will be honest with you mm-hmm. so when someone says hey man i don't want to hear about jesus anymore don't come at me with that I'm I'm hoping that maybe I can get to a conversation like that where all of a sudden Jesus is going to come up, right? Um, right, right. And and if I'm and if every time I see him, whether it's on a weekly basis or a daily basis, and I go, let me tell you about Jesus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Glenn Neal, he he he's had nothing but good comments today. I am I am um, I'm removing Daniel's superlative. <laughs> I am uh, Glenn. <laughs> so, and I will not read that one live on the air. No. Yeah. Ah. yeah. I'm sorry. I'm so, and and Meredith, thank you very much for bringing up the Holy Spirit. You got to have the Spirit. You have to. Um, I spoke a little bit about this this past Sunday in my sermon. It was unrelated to this in particular, but it, it is uh, it's certainly true for what we're talking about is when Paul talks about praying without ceasing, we often make it sound like praying without ceasing is like the super Christian thing to do. Like that's some sort of uh, of achievement in the Christian life, like a badge that you earned on Call of Duty for, you know, 10 kills in a row or something like that. Um you don't get a pray, a pray without ceasing badge, right? Like that, that, I, we've never done Awanas. We've never been to a church that has, but uh, if that's one of the badges, they should strip it. Um, the badge that is uh, prayer without ceasing is something that should be common to all Christians. It's something that we have the ability to do. It is an activation of the gift of being able to talk to our father. Um, in the name of our Lord, and it's effective by the Spirit who indwells us. So whether it's in, no matter what we're doing in life, and especially if we're having a conversation with someone about their sin, um, about Christ, maybe even about our own sin. Um, and I often talk about my own sin quite freely with people because I feel like it disarms them. Um, then as you're, as you're seeking the Spirit's guidance through that, that's incredibly important. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, she, she goes back to something I said in, in the mental acuity. You have to, um, some people are better at this than not because just, I think it's an attribute that we have, but being able to be flexible in, in, in how the conversation might go. Um, and that, that can come with time as well. I'm usually pretty good about that. Um, but sometimes yeah. people say some things and knock you off your feet. <laughs> uh Meredith actually made a comment earlier that dovetails really nicely into the subject we were going to get into today, which was outreach. Meredith says we shouldn't expect non-Christians to act like Christ followers. 
I found that relationship must precede evangelistic conversation, care for them as a person, get to know them as a person, talk to them as a person. Now, I'm going to agree with Meredith, and then I'm going to disagree with her. So I agree with her in this regard. I think um, that relational evangelism can be really powerful. Uh, my dad has an acronym he likes to use for this. He calls it, uh, was evangelistic CPR? Uh, I've heard cultivate. that. Huh? I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. Cultivate, plant, reap. It, mm-hmm. It's the idea that <clears throat> as you build relationship with someone, you're able to uh, have, have more intimate conversations with them, and that's going to open up opportunities to present the gospel. I think the word I object to in your comment, Meredith, is that word must. I don't think relationship has to precede evangelistic conversation. And for evidence that this is the case, just go to the book of Acts. Because so many of those conversion experiences in the book of Acts were with total strangers. Mm -hmm. So I'm not discounting that, that methodology. I think it can be really great, but I don't think I think we do ourselves a disservice if we assume that we have to, uh, you know, have gone to dinner with someone half a dozen times or uh, know their kids or, um, I know it wasn't, it, your, your comment has, has some legitimacy, Meredith. I think it's a great methodology. I just don't think we should restrict ourselves to it. I think you can win a stranger to the gospel because that's the kind of power that the gospel has. Eric, both of you. What specifically did you want to discuss regarding outreach today? Uh, do it. <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning into the show. <laughs> this is why we make the big bucks at Bible and Banner. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, do it. You gotta you know, whatever that looks like in your life, right? So. Um, I've known people who are excellent at sharing the gospel with strangers. I mean, at, like they they should be teaching seminary courses at it, um, even though they don't even have a college degree. I mean, there are folks who are phenomenal at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not Eric, in particular. Eric, let me let me ask you a question. Okay. And sometimes I ask questions, you know, hypothetically because okay. I'm imagining some one of our audience members might ask the question, but I'm actually asking this question for me as much okay. as anyone else. Well, you're not how, that smart. So we have to, you know, we have to, you know, get some of these questions out. How do you do evangelism in the COVID era? Um, by doing it. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. You're, you're not. You're not. You're not very smart for a valedictorian. That's for sure. <laughs> Could you elaborate a little bit? Yeah, do this it, the, man. Oh, so, okay, so. There are obviously some challenges in relationships right now because of COVID, right? So, so let's just list a few. Um, Palma lists one right now. You got to be six feet apart. Um, A lot of times, in in most places nowadays, in public areas, you have to have a mask. So that is the challenge of being six feet apart and having a mask on to do some sort of outreach is incredibly challenging. For sure, you can't read people's faces. It's incredibly challenging to preach. Do you guys wear masks at your church for service? Yeah, but I don't wear one when I preach. Okay, but you, you don't see the congregants' face, facial expressions. 
I was yeah, talking but with- they, they they don't usually give me much anyways. I and mean, that's not oh. a that's not a dig against my church. It's just Sounds like, like that, that's the that's sort of the personality of my congregation is uh-huh. uh I I'm I don't get a whole lot back most of the time. There are a few exceptions. Yeah, though. I'm the exact opposite, man. So I try and read people's faces to see if they understand I'm it, not- if they're if they're digging what I'm saying. So, I'm saying so now like all I see are their eyes and I just, and all I think of are really skeptical people in front of me. I'm, I'm I, not saying that I don't uh, try to get any, you know, read, but read the room. I'm just saying the room doesn't give, give much to me. Uh, I, I told someone I'm close to recently who's struggling with his place in ministry at this point in his life. I told the ministry can take place anywhere. But don't forget those opportunities to minister that might be right in front of your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is something that Eric was actually talking about earlier in our tailgate special, which Boom. is bonus episodes for Biber. Biber. <laughs> Rough day. Rough day for Luke. Uh, uh, Bible and banter club members only. The He was talking about you know this phrase in Matthew uh, chapter 28 verse 19 great commission go and make disciples that the uh, in the original language it's as you go right or as you're going it's this idea that um the wherever when the moment that you walk outside the doors of your church it doesn't matter the next place you go that place is a mission field so mm-hmm. this is true um bickford with the remark that you can still interact with other individuals. Large group outreaches are impossible, but that's not the only way to spread the gospel, which fits with Thomas' comment that six feet apart with a mask, you have to speak louder and more people will hear you. Well, there's also so, – so here's a perfect example, right? Uh, Luke, <clears throat> uh, I'll give you uh, – Here's a, here is the application for this week's Bible and banter episode, right? So I will – I'm giving you right now this is what you can do this weekend as an outreach opportunity in your neighborhood. Okay. Um, don't at me after this. Okay. Luke, do you guys participate in Halloween? Our church. You personally, you as a church, give me, give me what you got. No, you don't participate at all. No No. trick or treating, no costumes. I'm, I'm, I'm not a pagan. Okay, that's fine, and I'm not I'm not going to criticize you for that. Okay, but in in uh, theologically, I agree with you. Okay, but on the flip side, I look at it this way: at what other time throughout the throughout the year will you have your neighbors come to your door and you have a captive audience? At what other time do you have people coming to you and you're giving? Listen, if I'm giving you free stuff. I can say whatever I want to you at that point, right? Like that's if I'm giving you crap, all right? <laughs> don't get mad at me if I try and tell you about Jesus, okay? So there are creative ways that we can engage. Listen, Christmas. You want to do you celebrate Christmas? I do. Also for the record, I I do I do somewhat participate in Halloween. I was sort I was sort of making a joke at the expense of those who actually do celebrate it. Uh but I do I I, I don't do nothing for Halloween. I'll do say you that. celebrate Christmas with a Christmas tree? Christmas is also a pagan holiday. Uh I, know. I, I celebrate no, yes, I, I celebrate Christmas. Do you put a Christmas tree up? I do. Okay. If you put a Christmas tree up. And you don't celebrate Halloween because it's a pagan holiday. You're a hypocrite. Period. Okay. 
Um, so I, and I get it. Like, listen, if you don't want to celebrate Halloween because you're convicted, I'm not going to criticize you for it. I no, totally understand. But, um, the way I view it is it's a ministry opportunity. It's an outreach opportunity. And these types of things give me great deals of social anxiety. So I'm not great at it. So if you're like me, then, then maybe this is when you sit out, but you have the opportunity. You have a captive audience in which you can, engage with people last year luke we had probably between i want i don't have the exact number but i want to say it was over 300 people who've never been to my church came to our trunk or treat Mm -hmm. we had jesus stuff everywhere we fed them dinner we did all sorts of stuff man it was phenomenal but we also participate in our neighborhood too and this year we have the opportunity to do it and create in even more creative ways right but that's what i was going to ask you next is i mean that's awesome that that happened last year you can't do that this year yes i can really yeah my neighborhood celebrating you, still, you can, still you doing trick-or-treating 300 people huh you oh no not that. my church not my church no that's fine there are t- things that you can do collectively as a church but we have um uh robin says bashing halloween is not allowed in the reynolds household robin, robin, loves it, was, robin it was just a joke i've <laughs> i i want to stay on your good side i i didn't i didn't mean anything uh, uh against it uh, uh, it was a cheap joke and i apologize see unlike eric i listen to you robin oh, <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> i got so many things i could say right now but I, I just can't win so um anyway we have opportunities we just gotta think through so <clears throat> Here's one thing that you can do. If you're like my neighborhood, my neighborhood is saying, you know what, we're going to do Halloween. We're going to do um, trick or treat. Um, I think one of the ways my wife had thought about it was um, putting candy in a basket. Uh, no, like a, like little baggies in a basket and having them separated in their driveway and kids can just go pick one up. Well, if you do that, you could put something in about the church, like an invite card or something about Jesus or, or something, right? Um, you have the... If you're going around and walking through the neighborhood, listen, if you are, um, if your neighborhood is, is doing trick or treating like mine is, you're probably going to run into people. Um, you can run into people and get to know your neighbors a little bit, which is something I do terribly. I'm not good at it. So you can, you can do that. So it's just, you have these opportunities. You can even do it with a face mask. You can do it being socially distant, or if you're like, you know what? COVID's not real. It's a hoax. We won't hear about it after November the 3rd or 4th. Then whatever, man, do what you do. But, you know, don't miss the opportunity to to make friends and share the gospel. So I'm very happy we're having this conversation because I'm encouraged to hear stories like Meredith's. Uh, We invited neighborhood unchurched kids to our carport to carve pumpkins and grill hot dogs. I guess that's something I wouldn't even think to do these days. And maybe in some ways COVID has become an excuse to disobey the great commission for me. So I'm encouraged to hear about people making the effort uh, uh, in the midst of the times in which we live. Yo, Wes, great. I, I'm glad you brought that up. Tracks used to be the way the gospel was presented. Here's two things. We did this when I first got to the church is I created these invite cards and they, they had um, inf- basic information about our church time and, and all this other stuff. And um, I would tell people, just share this with someone that you know. Like do one a week or one a day. And it automatically gives you an opportunity to um, talk to them about Christ, 
to build some sort of relationship to let them know that they're wanted it's like a conversation starter a mm. track that's done well can be the same thing um as can carving pumpkins and all that kind of thing so yeah that's good all right well <clears throat> i know this is a rarity for us but i think we're going to try to keep it close to an hour today yeah and uh I, mean, I'm t- I feel like we've covered a lot today man we've we've celebrated we've celebrated good times mm-hmm. we've celebrated the low times we've celebrated yeah. our guests our viewers you know what we haven't done luke we haven't celebrated each other mm. one thing i can celebrate about eric <clears throat> eric you my friend and my brother um, challenge me in the best of ways by your commitment to the labors of the ministry and of the gospel. Uh, I think my tendency is to err on the side of doing too little rather than too much. And, and sometimes it's a good thing because I'm good at rest, which is something I think you're not good at. Uh, but sometimes that's not such a good thing because there are things that I could be doing. Um, <clears throat> and I sort of let circumstances uh, hem, hem me in. And that's one thing I appreciate about you is it doesn't much matter to you the size or scope of your resources. Um, you believe in a big God. And so you dream big dreams and you don't just uh, dream or talk the talk. I mean, you really pursue excellence in uh, everything you do as a minister. So I appreciate that about you. You really stretch and challenge me in, in the way that you, in your commitment to the things God has called you to. Well, thank you, Luke. Lucas. I never asked you this, but is your real name Lucas? It is not. It should be. So, um, <laughs> When I said we should celebrate each other, I literally did not mean anything like this. I did not mean pouring no, you know, our you know, you know, over you one another. I back. really just meant like we could do something funny at the end. But here's here, you know what I appreciate you Luke, about you, Luke. This is um, uh, somehow you and I think very similarly. We are, um, I feel like I feel like we are work husband and wife and i'm clearly the husband and somehow we come up with things like this and we're never on the same page (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you know and it keeps me guessing it keeps me guessing speaking of husbands and wives i want to say something to robin reynolds for just a moment here okay because i know i I threw you under the bus a couple times today for the sake of, of a laugh but i want to encourage robin in something that my wife has sometimes experienced similar frustration and that she'll say something to me and then it'll seem like it goes in one ear and not the other. And I want you to know, Robin, that uh, your husband listens to you. And if he sometimes forgets the details, it's not because you're unimportant. Uh, it's just because he's got so much rattling around in there. So uh, my, I had a, just the interaction that you guys had about, I, I think, I think what happened was she said, she thought like, I told him this yesterday, I told him what was happening. And, uh, 
for what it's worth, Robin, you and my wife could probably commiserate on that. And the reason it happens is not because my wife is unimportant to me. It's just because there's always too much rattling around. You know, I've thought about this as I've seen your interactions with your wife on Facebook or Mm -hmm. when she's ever chimed in on in the comment section. Is Mm -hmm. she watching today? No. She watches sometimes. You say it like she never watches. Um, See, my wife always watches. So we know which of our wives loves us more. Um, That's quite clear to me. Um, Uh, So I can't get her to read my books, but she'll she'll watch the show. Before before we close the show, we got some. We we got gifts for each other. Oh, we got gifts. So, um. Are you getting the gift? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Hang on. You ready? Yeah. You want me to show you mine first? We should do it simultaneously. Okay. Okay. All right. Three. By the way, this is this is this gift. It's a tradition. This is the gift that I have given to uh, my closest family members most of the significant events of their lives for most of their lives. Okay, you ready? Three, two, one. <laughs> this is this is clearly um, clearly points out our personalities. I gave you a book, and you gave me an IOU, and I don't yeah. even know what that is. I know, well, I know what it is, but I don't even know what you're owing me. <clears throat> I'm clearly not giving this book. I was just making this up the whole show. Hey, we do have some big see, news. See, you didn't get me something. You no, wanted of course me not. So bad. Of you course not. The whole show making me think. <laughs> Luke, of course Dirty. not. So um, here's the big news. And the sad thing is, is we've already lost a few viewers and listeners from the show. We've had as much as 14 or 15 today. We have seven as of right now. So if you want, if you want to share the big news, yes, I encourage you, if you have not already liked this video, like it now and then share it. If you haven't already shared it, I'm looking on, I'm looking on the Facebook. I'm not seeing anything. I got Facebook pulled up. I'm not seeing people sharing this video. So you're going to share this video and then we are going to share with you the very big news, the very big astronomical humongous news. It is going to be wonderful for gospel ministry. It is going to be wonderful for, for us personally, the Advent Christian church, our families are going to benefit. I mean, this really is going to be um, as big a news as, I don't yeah. know. Will, the Gettysburg address. It'll definitely not be anticlimactic at all after that introduction by Eric. It's gonna be nothing so, but climactic. So the so the news the news is oh someone shared yet? Uh, I don't see any shares yet. I, all right. I don't, well, folks, I don't, we can't. Yeah. We can't. Uh, I, I see a Tom Logger and a Mike Alex have shared the video. That's oh, okay. That's, yeah, that's sufficient. So <laughs> no, I got the news. I'm gonna share it. I'm gonna no, share. I, I no, share I want to share it. I want to share it. Our our show, stop, Luke, stop, stop, stop. I want to share this because I work tremendously difficult. This is the one thing. Give me the one thing. I let you share everything. Let me have this one thing, Luke. Here's the news. Here's the news. I've worked tirelessly on this. We have been, we have been syndicated. We are now going to be 
on Kalo once a week starting in January. Okay, yeah, that's that's not going to happen. The actual news... Caleb, Caleb, man! <laughs> you can't be saved if you don't listen to Caleb. <clears throat> it's in the, the Gospel act- of Thomas. The actual news, the actual news is that Bible and banter it's is... canceled. Um, it's canceled. Tom has, has taken us out. It is coming... No, I'm not even joking. It's coming to a close. It's ending. Mm. Until December. Until December. Yes. We're, so we're going to be taking the month of November off unless unless you are a Bible and Banter Club member. Yes. In which case, there will continue yes. to be bonus We're episodes. ditching the freeloaders. Bye-bye, freeloaders. Just, just to be clear, so that there are not continued accusations that Eric is just grifting you all uh, for book sales. No, no. In all seriousness, um, Eric and I were super psyched about 50th episode, and we got really reflective. Um, and we feel like this is a good place to sort of end this first season of Bible and Banter. So we're going to take a month off from the regular show, and then in December, boom shakalaka, we are back with episode number 51, and we're very excited for season two because in some of the behind-the-scenes discussions that Eric and I have had about the show, um, we have uh, made some choices just about how we're going to structure the show and how we're going to guide it that I think are going to make it even better. So truly, we are going to make Bible and banter greater againer. Boom. Got him. We will have – so our next video – so it would be next Tuesday, which we would probably have that. We might – you know, Luke, I'm just spitballing here. We might actually push our bonus episode or our tailgate episode until next Thursday. That yeah. way, that way we could give a reaction to the election. So that's where we give our political views. We talk about how to think through about, things like that theologically. We talk, about, we talk about media. We talk about movies. We talk about but the kinds of things that Eric and I would talk about just in, you know, yeah. a casual conversation. Those and it's less filtered. It's, it's, it's less mm-hmm. filtered. It's actually, there's times where Luke is embarrassing. Like, right, Luke? Like, there's times where you've said things where I, where I have to correct you and be like, Luke, you, you need know to repent. You've you repented I, on air before. One of the things I appreciate about you, Eric, is that you're not afraid to correct me. And sometimes I, I'm in need of correction. As am I. And I appreciate your willingness to do the same with me. So, um, so yeah, we're taking a break. Just we're taking a, what do you want to call it? A hiatus? A Sabbath. We're taking a Sabbath rest for four weeks. Although it's not very resty because we will also be doing our tailgate episode. So you can join at patreon.com forward slash Bible banter. And for the record, if you don't join, that's okay. We're we're uh, we are going to be back in December, but um, we do have are... some free episodes on there. Like if you want to get a taste, you can go on there, get a taste of some of the free episodes. Well, well, I was just going to say, if you're bummed out that there will be no Bible and banter for a whole month, that's your fault. I, you know, that's that's on you. Yep, we've we have given hundreds, probably no. At least 50 hours, not hundreds. At least 50 hours of free content. Um, more, than, like, more than that. 75. Yeah, I would say, yeah, probably somewhere between 50 and 75. Mm-hmm. Um, and more and more free content to come. And if you just want to yeah. join with the free content, guess what? You are still part of the Bible and Banter family. But yeah. 
You're not a Bible and Bantalonariner. Yeah, you're not. You're not from Bible Bental Benterland. <laughs> you're not. You're not that. So, Eric and I still haven't decided yeah. what we call Bible and Banter Club members, but when we do, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be f- frothy. It it will be ignominious. Ignanimous? Ignominious. I don't even know what that means, man. Look it up. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, so we are, hey, we are looking to do all sorts of fun and cool things with the show. So um, we just need a month to kind of sit back, have these conversations. Maybe we'll include some of those conversations um, in the Bible Banter Club. Like in those, in those, uh, you know, we'll have, we'll have some of it and then people can comment and. Holla. Maybe... Huh? Holla. Why are you saying that? I'm I'm, ho- I'm hollering for, for the bonus episodes. I'm saying holla. Okay, please don't I... do that. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with you. By by the way, um, I I looked up ignominious. Okay. It, it means humiliating, degrading, deserving of shame or infamy, despicable, marked with or characterized by disgrace or shame, dishonorable. That about sums up our show. <laughs> Quite accurately. All right. Well, look, it's been a fun season, y'all. It's been a really fun six months. Um, I'm looking forward to the break, but I'm also really excited for the things to come. Yes, Eric plugging books, the Reformed Pastor. For once, Eric plugging a book that he didn't write. I plug plenty of books that I didn't write. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, if you're going to read one book this year, make it this book. I mean, outside the Bible. You don't have much. You don't have much time left in the year to read it. This book's going to take you more than a month to read. That's for sure. Two months. This book so took maybe, a while. Maybe don't recommend that as the one book to read this year. If you had one book to read for the rest of the year, gun to your head, what would you choose outside the Bible? C.S. Lewis, A Grief Observed. I have not read that. I know he's a controversial figure, but in why? Because he was a papist, ish, ish. Or was he? Was he Church of England? Was he Anglican? No, no, no. He, he was Anglican. He wasn't Catholic. Okay, my bad. But he, he did have some, he did have some peculiar views. Um, but I will tell you, it is the best Christian work on grief that I've ever read. Mm. And I think a lot of people are grieving right now for a lot of different reasons. The bruised read. The bruised read is the answer by Richard Sibbs. If you have not read Richard Sibbs's book, it was written in the 16th century, I believe, uh, Mm -hmm. 16th or 17th century. If you have not read the bruised read, stop what you're doing, get on Amazon, pick it up or whatever. It's actually available in our library. Um, for Bible and banter, like if you join the banter club, um, it's available as a PDF. You can download it there. So you can either do that or you can, you can order a hard copy. You can highlight it in a, I love hard copies. Um, man, it is so good. It is so good. You are going to be drawn by drawn by the Holy spirit in the words of Dr. Sibs to the cross each and every single moment that you read that book. It is just such a pleasure. It is so encouraging. Um, and you see the gospel in a whole new light. 
Eric, <laughs> no, Eric only current authors. He's like, hey, read this 16th century guy. Uh, if you, listen, if you're not dead, I'm not reading your book. And um, so, listen, if you're, uh, that's not true. I do read some, read Joe Thorne. Joe Thorne has some phenomenal books. They're very short as well. Read some Joe Thorne stuff. He actually has a book, um, these two books right here. I'd recommend them. Note to Self and um, Experiencing the Trinity. Note to Self was his first book. And um, he actually talks about in experiencing the Trinity, how he was driven towards depression, which is actually quite common in pastors and authors, um, where after he wrote the first book, Note to Self, he mm -hmm. got driven towards a deep place of depression and experiencing the Trinity was kind of a response out of that. So, Eric, let's close the show this way. Let me share one thing we're going to do in November with the time that we would normally give to Bible and banter. Okay. What are you what are you gonna do? I'm gonna study some Greek. Okay. Very exciting life that I lead. You? Yeah. Um pray. Maybe. All right. This has been Bible and Banter. We're out. Audi. Peace. See you next month. <laughs>